The New Orleans Saints are set to have a trio of reliable wide receivers in 2023, but which is now the most reliable? And is it different than in years past? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss a daily episode and you can keep the conversation going one-on-one with me as well as partake in all of our film studies and exclusive Q&As over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. You can head over there today. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. Tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, we're putting the glasses on. We're getting a little nerdy. All right. We're putting glasses on today. We're diving into some numbers. Here we go. We're doing all this. Uh, and the reason why we're doing this is actually because I had a great conversation with David Harrison over on Tuesday's Locked on NFL about who the most unguardable wide receivers are in the league. And while I leaned on guys like AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson and some of the other big names around the NFL, it didn't get me thinking who's the most unguardable person for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to wide receiver. Well, there's a guy whose nickname is literally Can't Guard Mike. So it is an interesting conversation. Today, we're going to be discussing whether or not there's anything missing when it comes to the New Orleans Saints wide receiver room. We're also taking a look at the routes that Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid ran throughout the 2023, uh, 2022 season in the games where they were available and how they could potentially uh, translate and how what that teaches us about what the Saints can do in their passing offense in 2023. But first, I want to start off with which of these wide receivers is the most reliable, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, or Rashid Shahid? And I want to tell you right now, even if I take health out of the equation, which I am apt to do when having the conversations around Michael Thomas in particular, because I feel that it is fair, and I tend to look at, oh, here's the three games that Michael Thomas played, look at how good he was, 90 plus uh, percent contested catch rate, uh, you know, three touchdowns, he was a dominant wide receiver during that time. I think I would still, even with that in mind, and even if I completely removed the injury conversation and the reliability conversation from an injury standpoint of being able to get on the field standpoint, I think I still arrive at the same conclusion. The most reliable weapon the New Orleans Saints have on offense is wide receiver Chris Olave. Yes, he's only going into his second year. I know. Ross, you've only seen one year of him. You, I only needed one year of him. That's how good Chris Olave is. And I can tell you one metric right off the bat that effectively ends the conversation. Chris Olave is worth, and this is an interesting thing. So there is a metric that's out there that allows you to sort of establish a receiver's value based upon how many wins or points you feel the team would score with them on the field as compared to a replacement level player. And in Michael Thomas's case, We've watched this team win with replacement level players. We've watched this team score with replacement level players. Last year, of course, they struggled to put points on the board. That's one of the reasons why you want Michael Thomas back. But listen to this. 
Chris Olave, in his first year, in his rookie season, out of over 190 wide receivers, we're doing the left look so you know what that means, numbers are coming, out of 194 wide receivers that qualified for this metric, which is called war or par, wins above replacement, war, par, points above replacement, he was sixth in the NFL. Sixth. If you combine those metrics and look at the other 190 plus qualifying players as a rookie, rookie wide receiver, 0.61 wins above replacement. So effectively every two games, he would get you a win above a replacement player and 19.8 points above replacement. That is massive. That is a massive difference that a guy like Chris Olave by looking at every play that he was targeted, every time that he was on the field, every play that he made, that is the value that this metric tells you that Chris Olave has to the team. You want to go beyond that? That's fine. There's a uh, another metric called receiving production, which takes into account the EPA or the expected points added, taking into account all plays in which a player is targeted, and then using that as an opportunity to look at a player's receiving production based upon EPA. Out of that, 140 plus players qualified. Uh, Chris Olave ranked his number 12th out of that. Chris Olave is the most reliable weapon the New Orleans Saints have on offense. The Saints win games with him on the field. The Saints score points with him on the field. And on a per play basis, he is good for more expected points than over 130 players in the NFL, landing in the 92nd percentile in that metric. Now, if these numbers don't really mean much to you, it's okay. The big thing that you need to know here is that when Chris Olave is on the field, the Saints win games. When he's on the field, they score points. That's the biggest thing that you need to know. Now, what are some of the other things versus coverage and stuff like that that make Chris Olave so reliable? Well, that's where we head over to our friends over at Reception Perception, who did some excellent work this season looking at Chris Olave who they ranked in the 83rd percentile, so way up there. It's 83rd out of 100, of course, uh, percentile. When it comes to success rate against man coverage, 75.8%. They have his success rate against zone coverage at 81.2%. Both of those percentages coming in at over 75%. That's elite wide receiver status. That's what that means. He is operating against man coverage. He is operating against zone coverage at elite rates. His uh, zone coverage. Success rate of 81.2% is 73rd percentile, and his uh, success rate against press, where there, are or where there are defenders there getting their hands on him immediately and putting him in situations where he's got to be able to fight off some of that contact. And trust me, even though he is a Z flanker type of guy, the Saints actually use Michael Thomas in that role a lot to try to get Michael Thomas in sort of the lighter matchups. Uh, against lighter corners and maybe lighter sides of the field, things like that, all throughout those three games that he was out there. And Chris Olave was the guy that took a lot of X receiver snaps where he was the split in weak side guy all by himself on the line of scrimmage, meaning that when you're on the line of scrimmage and you're playing that X receiver role, a defender can just get their hands on you. When you're a Z flanker and you're playing over on the strong side, you're a little bit off the line of scrimmage, you're a little bit behind the line of scrimmage. So you get a natural berth or a natural cushion there against press coverage. 77.5% success rate for Chris Olave, 83rd percentile across the NFL. And we want to sit here, not we, there were a lot of people 
who wanted to pass on Chris Olave as a prospect in the NFL because he doesn't get a lot of yards after catch. Man, who cares? Who gives a darn? Like nobody cares. This guy does so much work before the catch and his ability to be able to win at every single route, every single route, 60.4% success rate when it comes to nine routes, 93.8% when it comes to corner routes, 70% when it comes to post routes, 82.9% when it comes to dig, 78.1% to the outside and outs. You get the idea. He's that good. He's that good. And it's insane. It's insane because it was after one offseason, one year that he's putting up numbers like this. Now we knew, I talked about Chris Olave as the number one wide receiver, the best, most polished, most NFL ready wide receiver of that draft class, of the 2022 draft class. I know people love their Drake Londons. People loved their Garrett Wilsons. They loved all that. Chris Olave was number one for me. And what you can see in terms of his production throughout his first year and as a rookie becoming the most reliable weapon for the New Orleans Saints, not just the most reliable option at wide receiver, not just the most reliable pass catcher, but last year he was the single most reliable player on offense for the New Orleans Saints outside of maybe Cesar Ruiz until he had the injury at the end of the season. It's incredible. It's remarkable how good Chris Olave is and how much there's still left for him to improve. Because maybe he does pick up a little bit more in terms of his yards after catch. According to reception perception, he went down on first contact and in space attempts, meaning when he's got opportunities, uh, at 82.4% of the time on first contact. Not great, not great, right? But again, you don't care if he's picking up a bunch of yards before the catch. 14.1 yards uh, uh, targeted uh, every time, right? Like that's his average. Uh, He was being targeted downfield. He was making, he was picking up all the yards before the catch getting open in the intermediate level, being able to attack at all three levels, all these other things. He is single most reliable player for you on the offensive side. And maybe the other thing that you want him to be able to get a little bit better at, of course, is the contested catches and holding on to the football, a couple of late fumbles, particularly at the ends of plays and think, well, I guess they're all at the ends of plays, but deep down the field and these deep shots and things like that. I get it. I get it. He's got places to continue to become more reliable, but that was after his first season. Year two is going to be huge for Chris Olave. So let's take a look because I don't want to completely pass over guys like Michael Thomas and Rashid Jaheed, who have also proven to be reliable in this New Orleans Saints offense. So what about the routes that they ran? How effective were they against some of these coverages? We're going to break all that down as we continue on with today's Nerdy Numbers episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by America's number one sports book, our friends over at FanDuel. There's no better time to get in with FanDuel as there is so much on the way. You've got the MLB season on going. You've got everything on the way as well. NFL, college football is on the way. The NBA will eventually be around again. Free agency is underway in terms of that league and everything too. And that is where you can get into a whole bunch. But it's the MLB that you should be taking a look at, especially if you're making your first swing in the MLB or making your first swing as a better over at FanDuel because you can get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. That means if you just put down $20, you're going to land an extra $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Doesn't matter. You can do all of that on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's simply no better place to bet on MLB than Fan 
FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can get that $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Continuing on with our look at the New Orleans Saints wide receivers at the top of this wide receiver list, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. We can now pretty confidently say that Chris Olave is the most reliable option for the New Orleans Saints on offense. But having a guy like Michael Thomas healthy for a good stretch of games, 17 games ideally, but whatever double digit amounts of games or however many games the Saints can get from him this year, uh, takes everything to an entirely new level. Because before Chris Olave was the most reliable receiver on offense, Michael Thomas was absolutely the most reliable receiver on offense. And it's clear that that is still in him. You look at last year, the 90 plus contested catch rate. You look at the 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 catch rate as a whole in terms of how often he was bringing in passes and the way that he was fighting through contact and his ability to make catches in contested situations and 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 yeah route run routes and work his way open all of these things it's absolutely all there although we did see a little bit of a drop off over the course of the three games last year remember Chris Olave seventy eight point five percent success rate against man coverage Michael Thomas in his three games just sixty five point one that's a big drop for him. Uh, Chris Olave, 81.2% success rate against zone coverage. Michael Thomas, 73.3. That's 17th percentile in the NFL. Against press coverage, we saw Chris Olave work his way open 77.5% of the time, 83rd percentile, 73.170th percentile for Michael Thomas. Not too bad there. He's still a bad man. He's still a bad man. Even though you saw absolutely that drop off throughout the season uh, or over the course of those three games, it... I don't think that you're in a situation here that you can say that you have to sit here and say, oh, okay, well, Michael Thomas just simply isn't the same Michael Thomas that he's ever been before. He saw uh, 39.1% of his uh, targets weeks one through three um, in contested catch situations. And he came in with over 90% of those, according to pro football focus, as catches. I mean, this guy is absolutely dominant when he's out on the field. And look, we can look at some of the other um, metrics that we were looking at earlier in terms of. Uh, wins above replacement, points above replacement, and things like that when it comes to Michael Thomas. But we might have to go back to 2019 to really understand uh, what that number looks like and why the why the Chris Olave numbers were so important. Because back in 2019, uh, Michael Thomas was number one in both of those metrics, wins above replacement as well as points above replacement. But listen to this. Remember, Chris Olave wins above replacement was 0.61. Michael Thomas is in 2019, number one in the NFL at over two, out, at, out of uh, 220 qualifying players. 0.59. Remember uh, Chris Olave's uh, points uh, points above replacement were 19.8. Michael Thomas is 2019, 19.1. He was in the 100th percentile in that same receiving production that we were talking about as well. One uh, Number one out of over 140 players. So you know who Michael Thomas can be. Absolutely. Let's look at the route distribution uh, between these two because man, is the route distribution crazy uh, all the way across. So Chris Olave, uh, 16% of his, and this is where we get into our midweek fundamentals as well. So 16% of his uh, routes were run just fly routes, deep, go routes, uh, vertical routes, uh, whatever you want to call them. Nine routes is, is, is effectively what it's called. That's just running vertical straight down the field. Your post routes, so when you start to turn to a 94, uh, 94, what am I talking about? 45 degree angle headed towards the goalpost. You ran those 6% of the time. The opposite of that going away, going towards the corner of the end zone, 6% of the time. 
So you saw the same kind of distribution there. But this is the crazy thing about, about Chris Olave. His digs or his in routes where you run and then you cut 90 degrees going towards the middle of the field, 5%. Comebacks, that's coming back towards the quarterback, but go working your way out to the sideline, 4%. Hitches coming back towards the quarterback, but inside, 22%. 7% on the slant, 3% on the drags where you're basically just running across the field. His outs, flats, things like that, 24%. This guy ran every single route out there, 6% on the screen as well. Just outstanding, outstanding route diversity from Chris Olave. And that's one of the things that also allows you to be one of the most, if not the, in this case, most reliable player in the NFL because you get the incredible, incredible route production where you can use the guy anywhere and everywhere on the field. There's no limit in terms of what you could do with him. I want to look at a couple of other guys too, of course, including uh, Rashid Shaheed. Because uh, I don't want to leave Rashid Shahid out of these uh, out of out of these metrics. I don't have man versus or versus man versus zone metrics for him, but I do have uh, press and off coverage. Uh, he had a seventy five percent catch rate against press, including fifteen yards per catch when they pressed him at the line of scrimmage. That's outstanding. Even more than that, versus off coverage where they give him a little bit of a cushion, eighteen point six yards per catch. The guy is just an absolute deep threat. Like there is no way of stopping this dude. 75% catch rate against press, 83% catch rate against off coverage. He's absolutely stellar. So he's another one of those guys that can beat press coverage for you. But then if you give him the cushion, he's going to make you pay for that as well. Now, the route distribution, a little bit different for for Rashid Shaheed, running a lot more of those out flat routes, running a lot more screens, 23% as as compared to 6% for Chris Olave. That makes a lot of sense, right? You want to get a guy like Rashid Shaheed the ball in his hands, in space. I hope we actually see more of that, not just him running the route, but more of those targets to him and more of those catches and putting him in those screen situations in 2023. So that's a new level for him. 22% is what we saw for Chris Olave when it came to the hitch routes. That's when you uh, push upfield and then work your way back, but coming towards the quarterback into the middle of the field, 15% for Rashid Shahid. So you see something pretty even there. Only 12% on the go routes. So the route distribution for him was actually a little bit more three level than maybe you might expect for a guy that's consistently labeled uh, a deep threat. So uh, pretty, pretty wild. Um, he was massive for the New Orleans Saints on third down, working towards the inside of the field, working towards the middle of the field. And that's what you want, especially when you're pairing him with a guy like um, like Derek Carr, who wants to attack the middle of the field. That's a big, big, big boon to have a guy like that that you could always go to. Interestingly enough, 100% of the routes that Rashid Shaheed ran in the uh, ran in the red zone were were screens, were screens, and it was just one. It was just one play. So really interesting. Obviously, like that's where you have a little bit of a breakup in between how you utilize guys like Chris Olave and Michael Thomas versus how you utilize a guy like Rashid Shaheed. Not much usage of him in the red zone his first year. Some of that could have been because he wasn't a part of the offensive install, like what we've seen over the course of OTAs and minicamps, where they did a lot of red zone work, a lot of in-game situations, things like that. So maybe you start to see him utilizing the red zone a little bit more in 2023. As for Michael Thomas, name a route, he ran it. It doesn't matter. Uh, the only difference would be uh, he only got three games or name a route, he can run it, right? He only got three games in 2023, unfortunately. Uh, third down, the guy runs slants. That's what he did. That's what he did in 2023. And that's okay. That's okay. Because even if you know he's running that one, two, three, four, five out of six, five of six on those targets uh, in on third down situations. And that's the big thing, right? You look at where his your receptions were 
um, eight yards, nine yards, uh, looks like 14 yards, 16 yards. So you can see that they really like to go to him for third down. That's where, you know, Michael Thomas becomes the bell of the ball almost. Um, corner routes and post routes that the, those two combine, which are uh, typically deeper routes, 21% of his routes, nearly a quarter of his routes push downfield. Uh, the dig routes, which attack the intermediate level, 36%. So nearly a, over a third of his routes going to the intermediate level. Then he ran slanted 21%, hitch routes at 14%, and then ran some stuff out, out into the flat on 7% of his snaps. So you can see the distribution here, right? You've got Chris Olave, who's a three-level threat. You've got Michael Thomas, who is a, an intermediate you know, monster, and he's somebody that can work in the, short, uh, in, in the short areas of the field for you when you need him to help you pick up those third downs. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Chris, I mean, sorry, you've got Rashid Jaheed, who actually runs a pretty expansive route tree, but on third downs, attacks the middle of the field where you want him to be. And then in the red zone could be somebody that you could throw one of those tunnel screens to, one of those slip screens to, and then be able to see if you can get him into the end zone. So you can see the roles are absolutely there, but they didn't get an opportunity to complement one another in 2022 because they didn't really get out on the field together. Even those first three games, when you had Michael Thomas, you didn't have Rashid Jaheed yet. Now, this year, week one, you're expected to have Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shahid, and that's big. But what's missing? What needs to be added to each of these guys' game in order for them to take the next level, take the next step? We've spoken about a little bit of it. We've kind of hinted at all of it, but let's get to the nitty gritty here as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a lot on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Let's get it. Houda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. What is missing from the New Orleans Saints big three when it comes to wide receiver? Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed. Let's run down the list and let you know what's missing. Because if the Saints can fill these gaps in terms of what's missing from each of these players and find a way to either supplement it elsewhere or build it into their game, the passing game in New Orleans should be a no, 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 no. Let me not sugarcoat it. The passing game in New Orleans will be its most dangerous weapon on the offensive side. Let's start with Michael Thomas. What do you need more of from Michael Thomas beyond the small three-game sample that we saw from him last year? Now, we should caveat this. We only saw three games. Maybe more was on the way and things like that. But this one's simple for me. More snaps from the slot. 2017, 20% of his snaps came from the slot. 2018, 2019, over 25%. 2020, 22.7%. We leave 2021 out because he didn't play, but 2022, only 16.9% of his snaps came from the slot. We know that is a place that Michael Thomas has always been able to attack receivers. And the more that he lines up in the slot, the more productive he's been. There's no coincidence here, right? The most snaps, the highest snap share that he has taken from the slot came in 2019 at 25.4%. And what happened in 2019? 149 receptions. 1,800 yards, whatever it was, just a monster season, a record-breaking season for Michael Thomas. So I think that's the one thing that's missing from him is just get him mixed into the slot a little bit more. Leave, you know, you look, let's look at 2022 real quick in terms of those first three games. Week one against the Atlanta Falcons, he played only six snaps from the slot. Week two, he ticked up a little bit against, uh, what was that, Tampa? That was uh, nine uh, there. You've got uh, week three against Carolina, the game in which he was injured, he played 47 so- total snaps, only took eight from the slot. You look back at, at 2019, there's games where this guy took 13, look, 15, 21, 16, 11, 14, 13, 14, 22, 24 later on in the season, 18 in the wild card game. 
this guy getting mixed into the slot is such a big part of his game because it's just a mismatch opportunity, right? In 2019, he took 250, 2019, he took 252 total snaps from the slot. 252. 740 on the outside. He can be an X receiver that plays in the slot. I don't know if you want to make him a slot receiver, but he's an X receiver that can play in the slot. So last year at the beginning of the year, when they spent a lot of time operating with him over on the strong side as a flanker, maybe instead of doing that, and this changes because now you don't have Jarvis Landry, who was expected to be the slot guy, right? You put Michael Thomas in the slot, you let Chris Olave play at the X, and then you let Rashid Shaheed be your flanker, your speed guy, your deep threat, all of that. What's missing from Rashid Shaheed's game? I think that's pretty simple. I think the big thing for Rashid Shaheed is A, targets, <laughs> right? Like a big part of what was missing for Rashid Shaheed's game last year was just opportunity. The poor guy. He gets involved the first time he touches the football, he scores a touchdown. Second time he touches the football, he scores a touchdown, and then goodbye. And look, I understand why that was the case, right? He missed a bunch of the offseason when he was rehabbing. He had only you know, jumped in from the practice squad because of the injury to Deontay uh, Hardy. Deontay Hardy? Yeah, Deontay Hardy. And uh, you know, was expected to come in and just kind of be, you know, a, a help out in the return game, but then got thrust into the offensive position or to you know, offensive usage and then went off. And so you kind of had to figure out, okay, well, what does he know and how do you do that? So I think the biggest thing that miss, that's missing from Rashid Tahid's game will solve itself, which is just knowledge, opportunity, targets, opportunities. I'm going to say opportunity again. Did I say opportunity before? I think that becomes the big thing. And I don't think you can hold that against every, anybody. I, I, I think that we oversimplify it too much. Well, he's really good. Throw him the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what plays does he know? Is he able to get open? Does he understand the nuances of it? Does he understand space, the relationship to the other receivers? Does he understand the drop back count? Does he understand the snap count? Does he understand all these things? Does he know how to run that same play from this position instead of that position, this personnel group? The New Orleans Saints playbook is complicated, as Kendrick would say. So I, I think that's really the biggest thing that's missing from him, but I would be interested to see if maybe he gets a little bit more utilized in the red zone and finds little ways. I mean, you think back to some of the, the smaller guys that have contributed for the New Orleans Saints in the red zone. Willie Sneed, Lance Moore, Darren Sproles, Alvin Kamara to an extent, right? Even using him, uh, you know, in previous years, not just out of the backfield, but lined up in the slot, lined up out wide, things like that. Like there's those paths there for Rashid Jaheed. Those, those paths are there. Or you can look at the San Francisco 49ers offense or the, you know, how they're using Debo Samuel. You can look over, not generally how they're using Debo Samuel, but in those red zone situations, you can look over at the Miami Dolphins offense. How are they using guys like Jalen Waddell? in the red zone. I think that that's the type of archetype that you could see for Rashid Shahid when it comes to figuring out, okay, how do, how do, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to put the New Orleans Saints team hat on now and say, how do we utilize a guy like Rashid Shahid in the, uh, in the end zone or in the red zone, excuse me. Chris Olave, what's missing from his game? Contested catches, right? Contested catches, I think is a big one. He's working on that already. He was playing last year at uh, 100 and 87 pounds at six foot one uh, this year. Um, during the time that he was at minicamp, he was up to 192. His target weight's 195. I think those things will yield greater opportunities for him uh, as, a, as a contested catch guy. Uh, he was given 24 contested catch opportunities according to Pro Football Focus last year, came down with eight of those 33.3%. So not excellent. Uh, but I think the, everyone knows that, and that was a big part of his goal over the course of the offseason is I want to bulk up. I don't want to lose my speed, but I want to bulk up and I want to get better in those contested catch situations. And then maybe there's an opportunity there for you to get a little bit better with him and, you know, yards after catch situations. But I think that that's less about Chris Olave 
just all of a sudden becoming better in contested or excuse me in yards after catch situations but it's scheme right can you get him the ball in space where he can get you six yards on his own to where you know you can get you know he can get open but can you manipulate the middle of the field so that he gets open and has some green grass to be able to take advantage of i, I think that those are, are, are kind of those ones or can you get him open down the field a la the rams game and then get the ball in his hands with a full steam ahead to where he's you know already left everybody behind in the first place so Chris Olave is always going to win before the catch, but can you maximize him after the catch? That's got to be on the scheme, not on Chris Olave. So that's the way that I look at it, right? You, you look at these guys that are absolutely wild in terms of what it is that they do, their specializations. Chris Olave, three-level threat, can run every route, massive success rate on every single route on the route tree. Rashid Shahid, somebody that is a go-to for you on third down, comes up with some of the, the more scrappier catches that you're looking for in the middle of the field. He is a just a demon in the middle of the field. And then all of the other things you can do with him because of his elite speed, his world-class speed. And then Michael Thomas is world-class when he's healthy and when he's on the field. So Chris Olave is most reliable, don't get me wrong, but this trio of New Orleans Saints wide receivers alone has to be reliable and fill in some of the gaps in terms of where they're missing. If they do that, then it's not just one of the most reliable receivers in the NFL. It becomes one of the most unguardable trios of wide receivers in the league. I hope you like this deep dive because if you're an everyday or you're going to get another one tomorrow. In tomorrow's episode, we're going to take a look deeper into Alvin Kamara's passing game. How was he utilized? What routes did he run? Where did he find success? And what's missing? We'll effectively do a lot of what we did today with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shahid looking at Alvin Kamara's game in the passing game and how some other folks might be able to help supplement and of course how the New Orleans Saints can get Alvin Kamara back to being the all-star level playmaker that he still is. We got that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun here. This was, you know, this was a, the glasses are on. We got the left looks in. Uh, you know, we, we did it all. So I, I appreciate you as always for coming through for another episode of Locked on Saints. Let me be silly, but I hope you learned something today. I certainly had a lot of fun uh, with all this. Thank you very much as always for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.